All right, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning, as I'm recording this one at about 12.30. Nothing too late here, but wanted to make sure to get this podcast up before the morning and when everybody wakes up, so that we can talk about actual Nuggets basketball. Yes, the Nuggets played their first preseason game in Staples Center of the season, had a great one. It, it was really fun to watch this game. Very exciting stuff all throughout. Denver, I think we learned a little bit about this team and what they're going to be as they uh they ultimately lose in this preseason opener to the LA Clippers 103 to 102. But there were a lot of good takeaways. Nothing set in stone, don't get me wrong. We don't want to be overreacting too much, but it is really difficult to not get excited for Bones Highland not get too excited for Bull Bull, something I didn't think that I'd be saying a lot of this year. So I'm going to be getting to those two in segment two. I want to go kind of chronologically, uh, just being able to talk about all of the players and in order of kind of starting and reserve and whatnot. But Bones and Bull, that's the, the show that you want to stick around for in the second segment for sure. But first, we'll go with the starters. Next, we'll go Bones and Bull, then Third, we'll go final, uh, the the end of the bench, and not the end of the bench, even some of the, like the sixth man, Faku Campazo and Jamichael Green and guys like that. So make sure to stick around. Going to break down this game as, as much as we can, but we're going to go player by player. I think that's the best way to approach a preseason game because you don't want to make any sweeping takeaways on the sets that they're running, the number of times they shot threes, how many times they got to the rim. Denver did get to the free throw line a lot. They got to the rim a lot, and there there was a reason for that, and I'll get to it shortly. But for now, let's get into the starters, and got to start with MPJ. Nikola Jokic didn't play, of course. Jamal Murray didn't play, of course. So the spotlight then turns to Michael Porter Jr. and what he can show as the leading option on a team when, when his star teammates aren't out there. That's going to be something that's really prevalent to him going forward. And I am I'm very excited to see how he performs going forward with that. But if there's any indication of how he's going to look, tonight was pretty good. It really wasn't that bad. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how he handled it from a shooting perspective. 23 points, 7 rebounds, 9 of 15 from the field, I'm pretty sure. 3 of 5 from 3. There's a lot to like about Michael Porter's overall offensive game. I thought that he did a nice job attacking the rim. Uh, He used his handle a little bit, got past, uh, I don't remember if it was Isaiah Hartenstein or uh, Ivisa Zubac, one of the two, but got them out in isolation at one point, drove to the rim, drew a foul. Uh, Tried to do that against switches a lot. And when he didn't do that against switches, he was still the same elite shooter that he normally is. Uh, had a nice spot up in the corner for three on the fast break, something that Michael Malone previously talked about. Had a shot that he hit from about 28, 29, 30 feet when the defense kind of left him alone. And he was looking around like, hey, what's going on? But at that point, he was getting really hot. And all in all from him, from an offensive standpoint, it's not just the jumper, though that is the most important factor. It's that he looked very physical and very comfortable out there, handling the ball, driving to the basket a little bit, taking contact, 
driving to the rim, grabbed some offensive rebounds, got an and one over Justice Winslow when he grabbed a rebound and got a put back. He's going to be the same impactful offensive player that he was last year and, and even the year before. The question is to what volume he's going to do. And if the first game is any indication, 23 points on 15 shots in 22 minutes, while still staying hyper-efficient, still being as impactful as he generally is. So very good start from him. I will say one assist, not great. Zero steals, zero blocks. Thought he wasn't super impactful as an off-ball player for Denver. And he's going to have to be. This team, they, they need to be better as a unit defensively. And if he wants to be a star player, he's got to do it on both ends. So hopefully he continues to focus up on that end, but we're just going to have to see. Aaron Gordon, versatile performance in 21 minutes for him. Eight points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Uh, the, the shot wasn't there tonight, though I will say, I, I noticed this right away when he stepped to the free throw line. A lot, queen, a lot of a, a cleaner more fluid release from him in his free throw shooting form. And same thing from the from the three-point line. Clearly has been tinkering with his release form, trying to become a more fluid jump shot taker. The results weren't there tonight, but I hope he stays at it. There's definitely something to be said about just trying to get him to a place where he's comfortable taking four threes a game, uh, going off the dribble, doing everything that he can. So when he kind of has to when Jamal Murray comes back, when when AG kind of goes back to a, a lesser role from an offensive standpoint, he's still comfortable doing some of those other things because he's been practicing them for the entire year. So he clearly has it in him. Some of the plays that he made today, pretty impressive. Uh, had a putback dunk, not a putback, a, an alley-oop dunk over the top of Hartenstein, dunked right on him. Uh just trying to be as physical as possible when he goes to the rim was very, very uh, aggressive. Even when he got to kind of a standstill in front of the rim, would then try to jump from a standing position and throw the ball down over his defender. So that's really, that's that's a good mentality thing from him. That sometimes he would fade away when he was in the lane. Sometimes he wouldn't be as physical when he was in the lane. So it's nice to see him trying to finish through contact and it got him to the free throw line. So if he can knock down those free throws a little bit better, he'll be in a good spot. Next should go Jeff Green. Jeff Green introduced himself to Nuggets fans with a really mean poster dunk. Uh, I was very impressed with that. One of the things that I really noticed from looking at his Brooklyn film, he gets a bunch of posters. And for whatever reason, he just he's still super athletic, goes upstairs all the time, and is just very comfortable going to the rim with authority. Uh, so maybe Aaron Gordon and him can just be a little bit more physical. And Michael Porter also offered that a little bit today, too. If those guys are always being physical as, as big athletic forwards with the capability to posterize people, that's going to be a mentality shift that I hope that Denver's ready for. It's less finesse, more power, more aggressiveness because their athleticism is just so good. Uh, but Jeff Green did have zero rebounds tonight. That's something that really stands out. Uh, the Clippers, they had a, a – it wasn't like super noticeable from a 
a rebounding standpoint because they're making a lot of shots at the outset. But uh, if Isa Zubac posts up Jeff Green pretty easily, gets a like one of them got an offensive rebound. Pretty sure it was Amir Coffey uh, got an offensive rebound because Denver was switching as much as they were. Uh, got that offensive rebound. It was either over Bones Highland or over uh, Monte Morris. And when you switch as much as you do, and when Denver gets into that switching mentality with Jeff Green out there, they need to be physical at all levels. And if there is a weakness, then teams will find it. And that was clearly the case with Denver today. Uh, not necessarily ready for the switching scheme. Despite the fact that Aaron Gordon and PJ being out there, uh, you would think that they would be very good at that level. So interesting to see how it develops. It was his first game, uh, but really nice to see him uh, be physical out there and just want to continue to see more of it. PJ Dozier really impressed me as well. Uh, he is somebody who Denver needs. Uh, Michael Malone said pregame today, uh, despite the fact that he was he was also very complimentary of Bones, he said that PJ doesn't need to prove anything to him, doesn't need to prove anything to the team, uh, knows that he's going to be having a big role, and it's just about getting PJ healthy and, and making sure that he stays healthy and in as good of shape as possible. Uh, you can see what the results are when PJ is healthy. 22 minutes uh, didn't have the plus-minus impact that you'd be looking for, but 12 points four rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks, uh, four of eight shooting, two of three, uh, two of four from the three-point line, and two of two from the free-throw line. So when PJ's shooting efficiently, when he's in that mental headspace where he's always being impactful and effective as an outside shooter, the rest of his game really comes to the forefront. He was the one who assisted on that uh, Jeff Green poster. He also got his hands in passing lanes and got some blocks and did everything he could rotation-wise on the defensive end that just stands out so well. I think that he's going to be super impactful. When Will Barton comes back, I think PJ is going to be the sixth man. He just gives them so much versatility that when Denver goes small, he can go to the three. Denver, if they if they want to play Bones, if they want to play Monte, PJ, all these guards... PJ's versatility to be able to slide down to the three is really helpful, but it was very interesting to see him start at the two. He can provide a lot of value there, especially when he's hitting outside shots. So we will see if he continues to do that. And finally, from the uh, starting lineup, Monte Morris, not a great uh, debut from him. Very passive as the starter today, not necessarily somebody who's trying to take it at the opposing team. He he did it once when he was, um, when he was in transition going up against Isaiah Hardenstein, and Hardenstein just blocked him right at the rim. It was very easy for him. So I wonder if this is just a little bit of rust from Monte. He talked about how he didn't play a lot of basketball, how he had to get his knee taken care of, a bulky knee, and. Nobody's really sure what that means, but if it means that he got a procedure done and was off his feet for a little bit, then he probably needs to kick off some of the rust. PJ looked like he had kicked off all the rust, looked very good. Monte looks like he's still kind of searching for it, though he did have six assists, one turnover, did have a steal and a block. That block was in transition when he stopped a uh, 
what what was a a fast break opportunity for the Clippers just disrupted that really well with a smart move. So it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't the best that he's done, and and he could definitely improve in that regard. So I'm interested to see how he handles it. Only one three point attempt tonight. Tried to rock the baby a little bit when he was getting into the mid range. Still needs to get to the rim. Still needs to be able to finish at the rim. And we're just going to have to see how he continues to handle that. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to delve deep into the Bones and Bowl show. We'll be right back. We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We are in a really good place as Denver Nuggets fans where Jamal Murray may be out and Nikola Jokic may be, uh, he may be just taking the day off. But with Michael Porter out there, with Aaron Gordon out there, Jeff Green, got to see some new faces and new roles, got to see, uh, got to see PJ Dozier, of course, but the really not not even really surprising. The talk of the town has been these two. The bench unit led by Bones Highland and Bull Bull, just as surprising of a, I mean, not even really surprising. Like it just, it does make sense. But the fact that it's these two, that they were really non-factors last year, Bones, of course, not even being on the team, being a rookie, but Bull Bull just kind of moving into that 15th man spot. It's really exciting to see those two in particular be able to contribute because they weren't contributors last year. And those two just have a very exciting game, uh, both individually and as a tandem. And I want to talk about them here, kind of give them their own space. Start with Bones. Rookie, first game, uh, clearly not nervous, though he was a little bit passive in in some cases when it was in the first quarter, uh, second quarter a little bit. But it was about as exciting as you could really ask for with Bones. Showed off his shiftiness. He's very shifty, shifty as hell. Just gets to the spots that he wants to go, has the ball on a string, elite ball handling, elite quickness, and he can get to the rim. And he knows how, and that's such an important skill for a young guard to have, that he's going to continue to learn as an older player how to get to the rim, but that he can do it as a younger player really sort of sets him up for being able to think about other things, being able to kind of transition his game to a different level than what it would normally be as a rookie. One of the things that really helps him, though he's skinny, that six foot nine wingspan really stands out when he's handling the ball, when he's getting the ball up and around defenders, uh, past defenders, when he when he uh, zooms past them, tries to get the ball on the rim and, uh, and off the backboard as soon as possible, he gets it out of people's way and keeps it away from them with those long arms and just has a great control of how to handle himself in those cases. Had a couple of and ones, had some really good opportunities where he drove to the rim 
either shuffled to avoid contact or just kind of slid in between defenders and found the the crease that he needed to. Looking at his shot chart, I just want to make sure that I have this. I have uh, Bull's shot chart pulled up right now, but Bones' shot chart is just one of those things that you don't expect from a, a rookie guard. He made eight shots. Seven of them were in the paint. Five of them were in the restricted area. And I think only one of those was an uncontested layup where he kind of got an easy run out. And it wasn't really easy. He had to go over to the other side so it wasn't blocked. He was moving very quickly. Five buckets in the restricted area, seven in the paint. The the other two just, just outside the restricted area, basically. Did a really good job of doing exactly what the Nuggets need from him. And it's being creative. It's getting to the rim. It's using his offense to create for others. And he wasn't always the one getting assists, but he was clearly taking a lot of the attention of the Clippers, and they couldn't really stop him. They had a bunch of guys out there. He made Luke Kennard look like a statue. Uh, He got right past Justice Winslow, generated a nice little uh, six-foot shot off of him. Used a pump fake out on the perimeter, got to the rim, got an and one out of it because people had to respect his jumper. And he just appeared very confident out there. That's the most important thing when you want to see from a rookie is that he knows that he belongs. It's not a question with him. He was always in that position tonight where he was in control. He made one errant pass on a fast break where he passed in between two open nuggets. Probably couldn't decide which one. And then he passed into the empty space in the middle. And that's okay. Sometimes that happens. But in terms of rookie mistakes, Bones barely made any. He got a, uh, he got back cut one time that I saw. There was one time where he didn't really box out as capably as he probably could have and gave up an offensive rebound put back over him. But other than that, I was really impressed with just the headiness that he played with. Rotated well defensively got his hands in passing lanes, uh, just poked the ball free and uh, on occasion. Only was credited with one steal, but it felt like he got more deflections than that. And that's what you love to see. So finishes with 19 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3. Didn't have the three-pointer working, but it didn't stop him. Two minutes left on the clock, about 15 seconds left on the shot clock. The Nuggets are up 2 And he just pulls up from 35 feet just because he can. Uh, He missed it badly, and I I can't imagine that Michael Malone is going to be super happy with him in the the film session that they do tomorrow. But I was just really impressed with the confidence that he played with. He knows who he is and seems very comfortable with that. And that's what you want to see from a rookie. So I think he's going to play people. I've, I've been saying it for the past week. Like, I really do think that he's going to play, and I'm sort of shocked by that. Based off of where he came from and when he was drafted at 26 overall, there are a lot of players that are not going to play as many minutes as Bones Highland, and very few still who will play them for an actual contender. So he's in a very unique position where, because Denver has that void with Jamal Murray out, he has the opportunity to step right in. See how he can handle things. See if he's 
capable of doing that. And Denver would be crazy not to at least try, not to at least see what he can do. Because this is a game that you you use as a foundational piece in your evaluation. It's not the only piece, but it's one where you can look back on and say, Bones wasn't afraid of the moment in any way, shape, or form. Made good decisions for the most part, was executing well around the rim, did the thing that the Nuggets need their guards to do the most without Jamal Murray, and that's provide pressure on the opposing team to take it away from some of the other players who are more geared towards complementing what Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter are doing. Bones, he's not really a complimentary player. He's going to play to his strengths, and I think Denver could really use that. So it's crazy that I've, I've completely done a 180 on where I was. Very impressed with him, as you can tell. I hope that he continues to get those opportunities. Let's move to Bull. Not to be outdone, Bull didn't have quite the same impact or same game that, that Bones did, but I thought he played really well. Uh, was a plus seven out there, which I think speaks more to anything. Uh, he was out there and active and involved. And the play, and because of that, the lineup that he was functioning in, they were good for the most part. Uh, they were able to come up, the Nuggets were able to come up with functional lineups that included Bull Bull in them. And that may not always happen. The Clippers were depleted in the front court. You don't know what's going to happen if Kawhi Leonard is back out there, or Paul George, or Nicholas Batum, or Marcus Morris, whoever. But against the team that Bull Bull was facing, he stayed impactful. 11 points, 4 of 7 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. So he could have hit one of those and been even better. 5 rebounds, 1 offensive. Got an offensive rebound. That's great to see. Did have 0 assists. Did have 0 steals. But he had 5 blocks. And Michael Malone said post-game that he thought that Bull Bull could have had even more blocks, that there were definitely even more opportunities that if he continues to dedicate himself, if he continues to play with high effort, use his tools well, then he could have finished with six blocks, seven blocks, ten blocks, I don't know. But the fact that Bull has that kind of talent, it behooves you to at least try to figure out how to use him well. Five blocks in 20 minutes. Shooting the way that Bull Bull can shoot. It's very telling. And the thing is that this time around, it didn't come at the expense of Denver's entire scheme. Of Denver's ability to play fundamentally. Because Bull Bull was a part of that too. He was playing hard on defense. Running the floor. Moving the basketball. Not hijacking the offense. I thought that he did a good job of mostly keeping the shot numbers down. Like, Jermichael Green had more shots than him. Bones had more shots than him. Bobo had the third most shots off the bench. Had the second most minutes behind Bones. But it never felt like he was hijacking things, other than maybe one time. And that's okay. Because at some point, he's going to have to continue to push his limits, push himself, see what he can do. And the Nuggets want to see that too. But it has to come at the balance. 
it has to come at, at a balance and it can't come at the expense of him doing all those other things that a role player has to do because ultimately that's what he's going to be. He's going to fill a role for the Nuggets team, but that role may be slightly different. It may be, hey, we need 10 points and three blocks out of you tonight, but we also need you to run the floor. We need you to uh, space the floor a little bit for everybody, and we need you to do some crazy stuff with the ball, at least be a focal point a little bit. There is an opportunity for that, given that Denver doesn't have a backup center. Now, most nights, when Denver's healthy, I don't expect Bull to play. I expect them to go with both of the greens as the four and the five. I expect them to go probably Faku, probably PJ, and probably Bones Highland. That would be my guess. Uh, as the bench unit, as the, the primary group behind Monte Morris, Will Barton, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. You don't need that much more beyond that. But if there's a situation where one of those guys goes down, one of the guys isn't playing that well, there's no reason not to try Bull out there a little bit. I think he's, as he continues to prove in the reg- in the preseason, he's going to have to do this for another two, three, four games before that seriously becomes a reality. But there is a path. There wasn't a path last year, not with the way that he was playing. Now that you can see the effort, now that you can see there's something functional there, I think that there's an opportunity for him to at least get some minutes here or there. And that's what you have to ask for. So we'll see. We're going to see Denver's a deep team, despite the fact that sometimes it feels like they're shallow. They have a lot of veterans. They have a lot of capable players. Bones Highland's already pushing the envelope. Maybe Bull Bull can't do that. But if he does... Would mean a lot to the Snuggets team. Let's take our final break. When we come back, going to talk about the rest of the bench and then what we do from here. We will be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's where all the reviews come in. That's where all the, the positive numbers come in. Would really help me out when people are viewing the podcast. They show up everywhere. So would be awesome if you could do that. All right. The rest of the bench. Uh, not a, a super exciting group here beyond what Bones and Bolt did. They they were really the the showstoppers, but there is some some benefits and some positives that can be taken. Let's go Faku first. Uh, really solid passing in this one. Really good ball movement. Did a good job of setting up uh, setting the table for Bones, setting the table for Jamichael Green for Jeff Green, uh, making sure that everybody was involved as much as possible because he does a really good job of that. Uh, only had two assists in this one, but it did feel like he had more. Uh, Denver, they just put themselves into good positions where Bones was creating off the dribble for himself, but he needs the ball set up into a place where he can do that. And Faku did that well. Now, Faku did go 0 of 6, 0 of 5 from 3, 
Clearly was a little bit rusty with the jumper. But he got a steal, had a really sexy pass to, to Bones uh, on the fast break. It had some nice English on it. Bones was talking about it, was just raving about it in the post game. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. Faku's going to need to be better than where he was right now because Denver, like we talked about, they've just got so many talented players that if you just pencil in Faku into the lineup, he needs to be consistently good. He needs to be consistently impactful. And given that Monte had a zero spot in the, the starting point guard spot, it's really tough if you have a starter and a backup where you get zeros. That's a really tough thing for a team to overcome. And it's probably the primary reason why Denver lost this game uh, beyond just the, the deep bench kind of blowing it at the end. But what I will say that I do think that Faku's going to he's, – he's not going to start. He's not going to do anything like that. But if he's going to be a consistent rotation player this year, at least until Murray gets back, then I think he has to provide more scoring. Maybe not three-point shooting, but more scoring. Something where he can consistently be the pick-and-roll player that I think Bones kind of showed, honestly. So – it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this guard rotation works out because now we get to talk about Austin Rivers, who took a very scary fall in the first half, but he had a really strong plus minus on the day and was in a lot of impactful lineups for this team. Uh, plus 11 in 18 minutes. Looked mostly okay. Uh, didn't do great when he was up. Yeah, just, just didn't do great when he was trying to be anything more than the the functional defender and connective offensive player that he normally is, but uh, that's okay. Took that scary fall, grabbed at the back of his ankle. I had flashbacks of Kevin Durant when he did that because the last time Kevin Durant did that when he was in the finals in game six of 2019, Durant tore his Achilles. Actually, that was game five, excuse me. Torres Achilles, very scary, not a not a fun thing to watch in any way, shape, or form. And the way that Austin Rivers grabbed at the back of his ankle, it was very scary too. So he got up, he was okay after that, played himself back into it. Uh, he's going to be another guy that Denver is playing around with to see what they do uh, for this upcoming season. So very curious to see how they handle that. Jermichael Green, not a great outside shooting performance from him, but a really strong defensive performance, something that he deserves credit for, for sure. Uh, I thought he was the more functional backup or the more functional center than Jeff Green was for uh, the starters. Jermichael Green actually started the second half and and the starters really looked pretty good in that in that situation. Uh, the Clippers didn't have Reggie Jackson or Eric Bledsoe or anything like that, so that's probably why, in all honesty, but still good of uh, Jermichael Green when he was out there. Did a good job against Isaiah Hartenstein, against Harry Giles, Moses Wright. Basically, anybody that he went up against uh, was very functional as that backup five. Didn't have the good shooting performance, but he did score on the interior a little bit. Um, that's just what you're going to need. You're going to need 20 solid minutes from Jermichael Green in all likelihood. And if that's with Nikola Jokic, if that's next to Nikola Jokic, uh, if that's without Nikola Jokic, 
Jermichael Green is a a versatile piece who can do that and do a lot of different things. So hopefully he continues to function well. And then Zeke Naji, kind of the, the last main guy. Uh, he played 17 minutes, and there were very forgettable 17 minutes. Uh, had a good block right at the end. Had a nice stop against uh, Terrence Mann, defending a guard, defending a small guard, a slashing guard, somebody who's very quick. That's a good thing for, for Zeke. It's a very good defensive stop that he can build upon. Uh, but he looks shaky defensively overall, especially kind of navigating the perimeter. Uh, the Clippers ran a couple of actions that uh, kind of froze him a little bit. He didn't know where to look, didn't know where to go. And it was really his responsibility, even though it wasn't directly his man that actually got the bucket. It was his responsibility because he put the Nuggets behind the play on several occasions because he wasn't connected. So I am I'm not sure how to feel about Zeke at this point. Only attempted one shot, had zero points in 17 minutes, did get some good rebounds. Want to give him credit for that. Something that he's been uh, discredited for in the past is that he just hasn't been a very good rebounder. Uh, Rebounded well, don't get me wrong. Still looks pretty small out there. Still doesn't play the pick and roll that great. Um, I'm very curious to see how he handles Bull Bull and, and what he's doing versus what Bol Bol had to deal with last year when Zeke Naji was playing ahead of him, when Vlako Chanchar and Isaiah Hartenstein and guys like that were all playing ahead of him. So hopefully Zeke can keep his head up and stay ready, do what he needs to do to get on the floor. I am, I'm just not really sure where that is though, because Denver just has too many good guys at this point. And then Peter, Peter Cornelly, Marcus Howard, Vlaco Chanchar, they all played. The only thing that was really notable from that stretch, Marcus Howard did make a three, uh, missed the, the game-winning three towards the end. Uh, and then Vlaco Chanchar got a, a technical. And he picked up a tech, and Denver lost by one point. It's not the only reason why it happened, but he got it so late that it really was kind of the difference of this game. That doesn't matter much, so take it for a grain of salt. Um, yeah, Vlaco's another guy, kind of like Zeke. I'm just not really sure where he plays at this point. Peter Cornelly, bigger, stronger, more of a traditional five from a size perspective, can do uh, some more functional things in the pick and roll. Uh, I think it's more likely that Peter Cornelly plays over both of those two, but we're going to see. We're going to see how it goes. There's a lot of narrative to change. There's a lot of of preseason left where some of these things, some of these thoughts and feelings can definitely shake out differently. Uh, And it starts up again on Wednesday. Denver's going to play the Golden State Warriors in the Chase Center, which if you're a little bit shaken by that, I kind of get it. Because the last time they went there, uh, Will Barton went down. And the previous time they went there, Jamal Murray went down. Denver hasn't had a lot of luck in Chase Center so far. So we will see how they handle it. We will see what happens. Nikola Jokic, he will probably be back. Same for Will Barton, who was just, he probably could have played today, but they held him out for obvious reasons. Uh, will uh, Nikola Jokic, though, he should be back. And so Denver, they're likely going to start their opening night starting five uh, when they face the Warriors. So probably going to be Monte Morris, Will Barton, 
Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. So we're going to see how they handle it. I am looking forward to it. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, No pod tomorrow. I will pod after the Nuggets-Warriors game, uh, but I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for for tuning in on this episode. Make sure to use promo code MHS if you sign up for DraftKings. Make sure to let them know that you came from here. Uh, Always appreciate the love and support. Make sure to go follow everybody over at Denver Stiffs. I ran the Nuggets social media account tonight, uh, the Denver Stiffs social media account. Uh, That was really good. Had a good time with that. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff planned, including player previews, which are going to start coming out this Thursday. So make sure to check out the site for that. Thank you so much, everybody. Talk to you guys very soon.